Oh, yeah. <laughs> Welcome back, by the way, George. Oh, happy birthday, by the way. <laughs> Read Romans 8, 18 through 26. I'm reading out the, I'm reading out the NIV. It says so. I know. Hello. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. 26. Okay. Keep going. (laughs) We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what he already has? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. 26. (laughs) Senior moment. It's all right. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. That was 27. Yeah, he threw it in. It's good. It's good. I know. You, you didn't want to start. You didn't want to end short again. I know. That's good. It's a good thing. Praise God. The world's groaning. The world is growing. And I, groaning, not growing. It's growing, but it's also groaning. You can see it all around you. You can hear it from your friends. You can hear it from family. You can hear it. You can see it on the news. The world is groaning. It's decaying. It's falling apart. It's, it's, it's getting more and more in dismay. But Christ made, a po- made it possible for that decay to stop and to even reverse to head back the other way. And it doesn't happen because he waves a wand. It doesn't happen because he just wants it to. It doesn't happen because we just want it to. It happens because the sons of God act like the sons of God. When we act like the sons of God, the world around us changes. The people we come in contact with change. The situations that we're in the middle of, He's placed you where He's placed you so that the kingdom of God, the family of God, the Son of God in you, the the Son of God that you are, can impact that place for good. Reversing the effects of the curse. Years. For years, I've worked in many different places. Ever since I rededicated my life to the Lord in, in, uh, in the, the factory, at the hot dog factory, I saw that around me, wherever I was, 
things got better. And it's not because I'm just this exceptional person, which I am, but that's not the reason. (laughs) It has to do with the Spirit of God living inside of me, operating through me, touching people's lives. When you are the Son of God, when you are, and when I say Son, you, I mean, we've said this a bunch of times, I don't, you know, I don't want to have to clarify every time. Every one of us are sons, and God, of sons of God, children of God. When each one of us live it out, speak out the Word, act out the Word, when we do what we do, when we do what we're supposed to do, the world around us changes. People around us experience a better life than the one they'd have if we weren't there. Every one of us. Every one of us. Every one of us. You cannot disqualify yourself because you're disqualifying yourself based on what you think you are. I'm just this. I'm not that. I don't have what he has. I'm not like them. I don't have the gift and talent that they have. We have, we're human beings and we have this, this thing that, that wants to tell us that we're not something. When the Spirit of God is continually telling us what we are. We're His representation. We're His ambassador here on this earth. When you walk in the door, you have the authority of heaven backing you up. That what you say is going to happen. What you purpose in your heart, according to the Word of God, is going to grow into into blessings in that place. If we don't walk it out, if we hide that, how many remember that, that kid's song? From way back, I remember singing it in this, in, in this little country church in, in southern Minnesota, Hollandale. How many of you have heard of Hollandale, Minnesota? Sorry. <laughs> Hollandale is a suburb of Maple Island. Maple Island is where I actually live. That's even less. That's not even incorporated. It's kind of like Beldenville, except smaller. It's nowhere. But I remember singing that song in a musty old church. Remember, you know, these old churches. I, mean, I, I still remember what it smells like. Musty books. It's amazing how, how strong smell, the sense of smell is to us. Or it brings back memories. Don't hide it under a bushel. No. God will let it shine. If we do that, if we hide who we are in Christ, then what His plan and purpose is for our life isn't going to manifest. The earth is going to continue to groan. The earth is going to continue to decay. The things around us, the people's lives around us will continue to decay. Now, we, we, know, the, we, you know, we, know, we should know the Bible. And we know that it says that it's going to get worse and worse. The world as a whole, the world system is going to fail. And it's going to get ugly. But it is not going to get ugly for you and I. And it doesn't have to get ugly for the ones that are around us. The people that are around us, God has given you them to be light, to be salt, 
to impact in a powerful way. Just because of who you are. Not because of what you are. Because you'll sit there and limit yourself. But read who you are. How many of you saw what I posted on on, uh, Facebook this week? How many of you were on Facebook this week? You're so cool. (laughs) Rick Renner. Rick Renner had a, a thing on knowing who we are in Christ. I thought, exactly. If you don't know who you are in Christ, it's time to get in the Bible and find out who you are. To come to a realization, not based on what you think, but based upon what the Word of God says. This says, this is who you are. You're a son and daughter of God. You're an overcomer. You're the head and not the tail. You're blessed in the city, blessed in the country. You're blessed wherever you go. You bless whatever your hand is put to, is blessed. Well, it doesn't feel blessed. Well, then tell it to come in line. (laughs) But the reason we don't is we observe what is and we're either intimidated by it or okay with by it. We look at what's going on around us and we go, well, there's nothing I can do about it. And that's wrong. There's hope. There is hope. There is hope. Does, I mean, is there hope that the whole world system is going to come to a... You don't know? Probably not. It's going to fail. Like the Bible says it's going to fail. The Antichrist will rule and millions and billions of people will go to hell. But it doesn't have to be the ones right around you. You're here to give them a chance. This last week, Vern Norton gave me a call and, and just shared some testimonies about what's been going on on the streets. And I've asked him to come and and to share those because I get to hear them and it's very exciting. But if you don't get to hear them, you don't know what God's doing in the world around you. What, What you're being a part of as a body, financially, whatever, however you want to look at it. If you don't hear those testimonies, you'll think, well, what's God really doing? But when you hear what He's doing... And you realize that he's no respecter of persons. What he'll do, what he does through Vern or, or whomever else goes out, he can do through you. It'll actually inspire you. Faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the Word of God. Well, a testimony is a Word of God. We had a bunch of testimonies last week. How many people were blessed by the testimonies last week? Amen. Just hearing what God has done, you go, you know what? If Linda Clett can make it through, so can I. Now, many of you are, are newer and you don't know what she's went through. Well, you'll have to ask her. Because she'll tell you the testimony of what God has done. Miraculously, powerfully. Yeah, life stinks sometimes. But we don't have to live affected by that the rest of our life. Yes, we did at times suffer loss. We'd be, we'd be liars not to say there are times where we suffer loss, but it doesn't have to affect the, the rest of our days, except for the better. It, it inspires us to go, you know what? God's going to win the next one. Vern, why don't you come up? Just share a little, what you were sharing with me this week, please. 
Tell people what, what God's been doing. I have a scripture I'd like to share with you at the beginning, and it's in uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and it's verse 25. And the King James reads that there should be no schism in the body, but that all members should have the same care one for another. Um... To God be the glory uh, for the things that we've seen uh, taking place out on the street and witnessing to people. And I believe it has to do with the correlation uh, uh, about the team members that, that I was with this week and uh, how love uh, pulls things together in the spirit realm. And uh, because love never fails and because we're, we're lights of the world, that's what should come out. And uh, because where we're walking at times are uh, darkness. And darkness because of a loss of any life there because Christ has not been let in, or loss because of family problems, or loss because of the area we're in is full of drugs, and or rebellion, because we know rebellion is just a sin of witchcraft, but the testimony always goes to the glory of God because it is the power of God that wins souls or wins people. And uh, we went out on the street on Monday night and uh, several teams, uh, Wendy, uh, went into one area of uh, Stillwater and John Pierre and, and uh, Lorna went into another and me and Mary went into the inner city uh, with uh, Wayne Breedall. And I knew in the spirit before we even got out there, I just know inside of me that there's something unique going to go on because I can feel it in the spirit, not in the natural realm. There's something so unique about unity because unity is what God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are experts at. Isn't that true? And so again, uh, we went into a housing project went, run by the city of St. Paul, and it's right off 35W, and we go in, and, and uh, we're just walking in there, and we go through some houses, and we walk back, and there's like a, a dozen kids playing there, all different uh, makes and models, and uh, again, we pray with, uh, with the majority of them, and I think maybe a dozen of them got all around us, and I asked them questions, where does Jesus is, live? Uh, and they said, uh, like in, in, uh, up in the sky, and I said, does he live in a tree? And they said, oh, no, he doesn't live in a tree. So uh, they pray, and we walk around the corner, and there's four teenagers that are running through a hose outside and a woman off to the side. And so I walk up to them and introduce myself to them and tell them, uh, you know, my name is Vern and this is my wife Mary and this is Wayne. And uh, they're uh, uh, all Afro-American uh, people. And right now we know that in America there's a lot of dissension uh, from the news and all kinds of areas on uh, dissension about blacks and whites. It's just the truth. That's what's going on in the news. But that's not going on with God. Amen. That's not what's happening with God. 
And so I start telling, I start talking to the girl who was about 18 years old, and I told him that I had been in prison young, when I was younger, and I had got caught up in drugs and alcohol, and I told him about, uh, uh, about me, me and my wife, how my wife introduced me to Jesus Christ, and that, that uh, I had been uh, 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 just this bad person, and that uh, they needed to know that Jesus loved them. They were precious, so precious, and that uh, they needed to stay away from the dope dealer, and they needed to follow their mother. Well, I didn't know that it was the mother off to the side. And uh, she looked up to me, and she said, Mr., don't make me cry. She said, I just brought the kids out of the house. We had terminal, turmoil in the house. Now, this is what the mother says to me. You're here by a divine appointment. Did you hear what the mother said to me? So I'm talking to the kids about being obedient, that God loves them. And when I got to the point, I said, the only way you're going to know is to have Jesus in your heart. And they went through the sinner's prayer and asked Jesus into their heart. Now listen to what's going to happen. I walk over to her and she puts her head on my chest, right on my heart. And she starts crying. The Spirit of God is so full of love that He can cause, He can cause, and, and He can stop dissension that's in America. It is the church that can stop it. You're all light. You're all carriers of the Holy Spirit. You're all designed by God to have fruit coming out of you. And when she was standing there, and there's people watching, I got a black woman in my arms. She's got her head on my chest. And I thought, is this not God? Is this not the way it is for God and human beings? It's not about color, it's about love. For God so loved the world. And things aren't done yet. So we're talking and she's uh, saying stuff to me and thanking us about coming. And we walk around the corner and we go down in front of this pavilion area where they got a gymnasium and there's three girls sitting on a wall there and a man standing off to the side, maybe about this tall, full of cerebral palsy. And so I witnessed to the three girls and talked to them, and they get saved. And this is a, a, a man where it's like this, you know. And so he's Afro-American. And Wayne steps up and says to him, God has sent us today, and, and you need to hear about it. And I'm watching this guy because I know that he can't talk very well. I know that he can't speak very well. And Wayne starts talking to him about how special he was and how he needed to get Jesus into his heart. And this is what takes place. He asks the man to pray. And just clear as a bell, the power of God, the anointing of God, falls on this man and he goes through the sinner's prayer. And I stood off to the side, and I've been witnessing for many, many years. And when I stood off to the side, there was a covering on us like, like holiness. It was like the Holy Spirit hovering over us and helping the young man confess Jesus as Lord. 
and he looked at us and there was that same love, that same power that comes from the recreated inside of us jumped right out of him, out of him and there was unity between us and him. What's in the church needs to go outside of the church. What's in the church needs to leave the church. It's not something that you're a container of the Holy Spirit because the Bible says you're the temple of God, but it needs to leave out of the temple to express the character of God. Because the character of God is shed abroad in our heart. It's called the love of God. And when we reach out to people, The doors should be open for the lost. The doors should be open to the prostitute. The doors should be open to those that think that they cannot be loved by anybody because God can love anybody. And with that type of attitude, we break down the barriers that are being cast out in the sea of news and in the sea of words. We can put it to rest and we can keep moving because the movement is going to go on. Now when John asked me to come up to the pulpit, I already knew. And I got up in the middle of the night and I started praying. And I said, Lord, what, what is going on? And I'm going to give you what I've seen in the Spirit. I see a wave coming. I see a wave not just for a particular area, but the whole earth. And this wave is generated by the love of God. And it's bigger than any tsunami that could be caused by an earthquake. It's coming because of the love of God and the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. But with tears, I see. You ever seen a surfer riding a big wave? He gets on top of it, and then it rides, and then he gets in the curl. He's inside the wave. I'm going to get right in that wave. I'm not going to miss the wave. But I can say with tears, there will be people that won't get on the wave. And it's coming and cannot be stopped. It's coming because the Bible says so. Well, you heard about Pastor John saying it's going to get darker but the church is going to get lighter. Amen. The power of the body of Christ is going to shine. God will never be outdone by darkness because He's light. And grace will much more abound in these last days. But you need to pick it up because you're called Christian. It's interesting. Because this woman is in the room with Jesus and these Pharisees, and she's washing and kissing Jesus' feet. And one of the Pharisees doesn't say it out loud, but he thinks in his mind, doesn't he know that she's a sinner? Basically what Jesus says, to whom much is, who loves much, much is forgiven. Isn't that true? That's everyone in this room has been forgiven much. And it's not by works you're saved, and it isn't by works you're going to get to heaven. It's by what Jesus did at the cross and for us. And He expects us to be full of unity here so we can move together and follow Pastor John and follow the church because the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. 
You are the church. Jesus is the head. You are to go. You are to give. You're to reach out to those that don't look right, smell. You're to go. The commission is to go. God will do. We go. But on the other side, for me to walk up to a person, and it's all about Jesus. When I'm walking up, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, Lord, what can I say? What can I do to touch this person's heart? And the Holy Spirit gives me the words. But most of all, when I, who do you see when you look in the mirror? What is the reflection of you as a Christian? There should be radiance of Jesus popping out of your blood. There should be radiance of God shining out of you. It says Jesus was the outshining of the Father, doesn't it? And we're called sons and daughters of God. Over and over, sons and daughters. Be prepared. Be prepared. Preparation time is never lost. Prepared to do, prepared to go. You need to prepare to open up your mouth and say, I am a Christian. This is what I believe. And you should not be moved by what the world says, because it's going to come. What John is saying, it's already here, and what are we going to do? People say to me out on the street, Jesus is not the only way, there's other ways. And I say, no, there's no other way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The Bible says, narrow is the way. Broad is the way to destruction. Is the squeeze... On you at work is to squeeze on you not to say anything. Because when you're squeezed out should pop the word of God. Squeeze me and scripture comes out. Squeeze me and love comes out. Squeeze me and Jesus comes out. And this church, this time is holy time. There is no other time like this because we're moving in. To the, we are in the last hours and the last minutes of this dispensation. It cannot be changed by man because it's divinely orchestrated. The Bible says, look up for your redemption draweth nigh. We should be constantly witnessing to love one toward another. Days can be hard with the battle going on in the spiritual realm. And if I can walk up and say something of exhortation to a Christian, I want to give that. It's going to help them step, step into the next day and in the next hours full of the joy of the Lord. Because He is our strength. The beauty of Christianity lies in the deity of Christ. The beauty, beauty of Christianity lies Christ in us, the hope of glory. We need to move together. Times are calling to move. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. But the kingdom of heaven cannot be shaken. We need to move. We need to move on in Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you, Vern. Matthew chapter 25. Middle of the night last night, I, uh, I had a dream. And in this dream, I am in this field. I'm in a big field. And I'm 
looking at two groups of people. I see some people over here training. Training. What do I mean by training? They're working out. They're, they're exercising. They're training. And then there's another person over here in the middle of this field who's collapsed. And there's somebody standing behind me. And I, and I didn't at the time, I wasn't even paying attention of who that person was. I just knew they were there. But I'm looking at this person, and I'm like, I should be over there helping those people train. I should be over there uh, being a part of that training, but I'm standing over here in the field. But there's this person over here who's collapsed. And I said, are you okay? And they said, no, I'm dying of thirst. I'm thirsty. And I said, well, get something to drink. <laughs> okay, it's just, what I, it's just what I said. Don't we say that sometimes? You're having a rough time? Well, get something to drink. They said, we don't have any. I don't, I don't have anything. I said, oh, gosh, I should be over there with those people because they're training. And I look over, and the person's getting worse. They're, they're, they fall into the ground. They're, they're third. And I said, are you, are you, how are you doing now? Oh, I'm still thirsty. I'm so thirsty. <laughs> you know, sometimes you hope the situation changes, right? And I'm just, I'm, I'm torn. I'm going to look back, and I'm looking over, and I'm, I'm thinking, oh, they're, they're thirsty. And all of a sudden, I said, well, somebody should help that person. <laughs> And then the person behind me says, well, why don't you do it? Why do I have to do it? He said, because I asked you to. Then I wake up. Woke up. Just woke up out of the middle of that dream. And immediately, this verse was in my heart. Matthew 20. Five, begin with verse 31. So when the Son of Man comes in His glory and the angels with Him, He will sit on His glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before Him and He will separate the people from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on His right and the goats on His left. Then the King will say to those on His right, Come, you who are blessed by My Father, take your inheritance and the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison or go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Now we also know the other half of that story that Jesus tells, that other part of the scripture. But I'm not talking to that group this morning. I'm not talking to those folks. Because you're not a part of those folks. We're a part of the folks who have the answer and are willing to do something about it. But we need a place to do it. Whether it's 
whether it's somebody close, whether it's somebody far, whether it's, whether it's somebody we know, somebody we don't know. We always stand between the groups of, you know, the, who's the people that are training and getting, getting stronger and building up? Well, that's the church. But there are so many times in our life where we find ourselves outside of that group and, and in sight of somebody who's thirsty. And we go through all the same gymnastics. I go through the same gymnastics. Well, how are you doing? I'm not doing well. Ooh, I hope you get some help. Why don't you drink something? Well, I don't have anything. Well, why doesn't somebody else help them? Because you're supposed to. A friend of mine, years ago, well, this is the guy who actually got me into ministry, the guy who really inspired me in, in my walk with Christ, who, who spoke so much wisdom over me, he said uh, those, that verse... He said he, he had a friend who, uh, who went through that list and made sure he did everything, at least once. That way, when he got in front of the Father at the throne, and the Father said, did you do those things? Yes, I did it at least once. <laughs> Check the list. I checked the list. the spirit of it rather than the letter of it, right? One night, I don't know why I'm crossing my arms. I don't usually do that. <laughs> Probably because I'm about to bare my soul and I want to cover up and just, you know. <laughs> Years ago, like, I've, like anything else I've ever said has been wanted to get covered up. Years ago, I just, re, just started walking with the Lord again, rededicated my life, was falling in love with God all over again, in the Scriptures, reading, and somebody had given me a whole bunch of tracts, you know, just a, a bunch of them, and I was kind of going through them, and I had never really done any witnessing before. I would never really shared my faith with anybody, other than, other than just saying, guys, I can't do what I used to do because I'm a, I'm a Christian now. That's the only, that's the only witnessing, and they'd, they'd kick me out after I'd said that. And I was going through these tracks, kind of reading them through, and I was learning. I was learning things, you know, here I'm, 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 I'm walking with the Lord, but I'm learning things as I'm reading these tracks, learning some scripture, learning some, you know, this and that. And I run across one about the story of William Booth. You know who William Booth was? He was the, he was the founder of Salvation Army. And it talked about the, the situation, how he, how he became inspired to to start the Salvation Army, but that when he came, when he, when he did that, when he started the Salvation Army, he started going out to the lost. He started exposing himself to the hurting, to the ones that were struggling, the ones that were hurting. And, and, and I'm, you know, I want to be careful because every day you run into those people. But here's what God did to me that night because it was a one evening it was a friday night it was a friday night and i had been for years used to going out and partying on friday nights and here i am sitting all by myself and i'm so i'm reading these tracks and i'm reading this about william booth and i i was inspired because of this life that where he just laid down everything and and went to the lost took a chance and and went to the lost and I, was, I put the track down. I remember sitting in the chair and putting the track down. I went, God, that's just so awesome. I'm inspired by this guy. And I said, you know, Lord, I'll go wherever you want me to go. 
Don't, gosh. (laughs) I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll say whatever you want me to say. Oh, Lord. You know, that's that grandiose until, you know, you haven't really thought it through. (laughs) But you say it because it sounds, I mean, that's what was coming out of my heart. So I pray this, and no sooner had I prayed this than the Holy Spirit said, Really? (laughs) And I said, Absolutely! Yes, Lord! You know, now you gotta double down. You know, you got okay. He's calling you out, you gotta you gotta Yes. Yes, Lord, anywhere. You go anywhere? Yeah. How bad could it be, you know? And very clearly the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, Hey, great. I want you to take those tracks that you got sitting next to you in the chair there. I want you to go downtown, Albert Lee. I want you to go stand in front of the strip joint downtown. And I want you to hand out tracks. What? The strip joint? That's where I want you to go. You said you'd go anywhere. You'd do anything. Are you going to do it? Oh, gee, many Christmas. You know, wow, okay. It's Friday night. It's not like it's Tuesday night, you know. (laughs) It's not like it's Tuesday morning, you know, where nobody's actually going to be there. It's Friday night. Oh. I had never done anything like this. Nobody had ever trained me to do this. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. All I knew was the Holy Spirit said, go down, stand in front of the strip joint, and hand out tracks. <laughs> ah, wow. Okay, here we go. Whew, okay. Ah, tonight. Okay, tonight. Right now. Okay. Whew. Put my jacket on. It was cold that night. Cold out. Kind of, kind of a drizzly, sleety night. So it wasn't even perfect. I mean, come on, God. If you want me to do something for you, I mean, make it, you know, okay, I'll put a fleece out for you. Let the skies part and be warm. And No, he said tonight, and he didn't care what the weather was like. So go downtown, stand in front of the strip joint, hand out tracks. <sighs> okay. So, gathered up the tracks, got in the car, drove downtown, Went and stood in front of the... And like, oh, gosh, what am I doing? I'm standing looking away from the strip joint. Okay, just so you know. Standing. And the first guy that walks out of the strip joint is this huge... Now, put it into perspective, I'm calling him huge. A huge biker. And he's drunk. He's staggering and he's big and he's drunk. And I'm thinking, oh God, I'm going to be a martyr my first time out, you know? (laughs) He's going to kill me. So I'm thinking, well, if he turns left, he's going to walk away from me because that door was right over here. If he turns left, he'll just walk away from me. No, he turns right. Comes right towards me. Okay. Hey, I got something for you. I want, I want to give you something. He goes, what is it? 
I said, it's a tract about Jesus. Blankety, blank, 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 blank. I can't, I mean, even the blanks should, you know, just blank, 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 blank. He throws it in my chest and he just staggers off. Blank, 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 blank. And he walks around the corner. I thought, well, that went well. I was alive. Exactly. I was alive. Next person came by, handed him a track. They laughed at me. And the next person, uh, uh, people kept going by. Uh, my favorite one of all time, still, all these years later, my favorite one was a guy came around from my right. Looking down at the ground to make sure it's still there while he takes each step. <laughs> And I, and I recognize him. <laughs> yeah, he's an old friend of mine. I said, hey man, I got something for you. Neats! Oh, man! Where have you been? I have not seen you around forever. Where have you been? I said, well, I got saved. And I'm here to give you a track. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, I know I'm drunk now. Oh. <laughs> and then walk by. People came and went all night long. I gave out all the tracks. Nobody said anything. Nobody gave their life to the Lord. Nobody did anything. But I was like, whew, whew. I did what he told me to do. I went home. I just said, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what any of that meant. I don't know what good that did at all. I don't know if there's anything going to come, any, any kind of fruit that would ever get born out of that. When the guy, when the biker threw the track in my chest, the Holy Spirit said, he'll remember that. on Judgment Day. Went to church the next morning thinking, what, what good did that do? What good was that? Went to church. Service started. Started singing everything. I was sitting towards the back. I loved the back. Especially back then, I loved the back. I was sitting in the back, and all of a sudden, in the middle of worship, the door creaks. And I turned and looked, and it was a girl that I specifically remember handing a track to that night. She walked in. Now, I didn't see her get saved. I didn't hear her. I wasn't able to lead her to the Lord. I don't know if anybody ever did. But it was like, it was like God throwing me a bone. And there was a number of times, number of times, over the last 29 years, where God's asked me to get outside my comfort zone and do something that I wouldn't normally ever do. One time he told me to go to a college campus. A college campus? I wasn't even, I had, I had no college education. I wasn't, how am I going to relate to these kids? I'm an X this, X that. I, I, didn't, 
I got kicked out of college. What am I going to say to them? I was at this college because is in Northfield. It was at, what's the one on the hill? There's two on the hill, but what was on the one on the West Hill? Not St. Olaf, the other one. Carlton. I was at Carlton. And I'm just completely out of my league. I don't know anything. All of a sudden, this kid came by, and I just, I just said, hey, man, I want to talk to you about something. Started talking to him about the Lord. And the door opened up. One person. I live 50 miles from there. The Lord told me to go to that college campus. But he only ever had me do that once. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't the beginning of some lifelong ministry. It was, it was once. There's been all kinds of times where he's led me to do something that was so out of the ordinary. Out of what I was completely outside of my comfort zone. So why am I sharing that this morning? Here's why I want to, here's why I believe the Holy Spirit wanted me to do it in this order. Have Vern share what happened this last week. Tell you about the dream that I saw last night. Read this scripture and then tell that testimony. My testimony, what God's done through me. Using me in different places. That is, wasn't the norm. It wasn't even something I continued doing. But it was something he had me do once. And he put this in my heart to challenge you with this morning. I challenge you, as the body of Christ, that this summer, at least once, I want you to go with him. Not saying you have to join the ministry. You don't have to go out every Monday night. I encourage you not all try to go the same Monday night. <laughs> He's going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. I'm just letting you know now. You don't have to preach a sermon out on the street. You can just go and stand off to the side and pray. I'm not asking you to memorize the four spiritual laws. You should, but that's, I'm not asking you to do that right now. I'm not asking you to learn to do something or whatever. All I'm asking you to do is to go once. Every one of you. Every man. Every young person. Every woman. Grandparent. Oldest to youngest. I encourage you. I want to challenge you. To get in touch with Vern, you got to coordinate it. You got to get in touch with him. We'll we'll make sure the phone number is in the bulletin, so you know when to call. I want you to pray about it. When can you go? They go out on Monday nights, seven o'clock, right? You meet here at six. Meet here at six. They go out for an hour or so. That's about it. Hour, hour and a half, right around in there, and then come back. I'm not asking you to commit to being an evangelist the rest of your life. I'm not asking you to commit to going to street ministry ever again beyond that point. But I am challenging you to go once. Why? Because every time you get outside of what you're used to, your vision gets bigger. Amen? Amen. That's all I have to say about that. Why don't we stand? Let's pray. Father, thank you that you don't leave us where we're at, but that you stretch us. You lead us to places where we have to depend on you even more. Father, thank you 
for opportunities in our life to be sons and daughters of you. To, to let that light shine. Father, there's so many people around us we care about, we love, and you've put us there to give them water. Thank you, Lord, for all that you're encouraging us to do, all that you're giving us the ability to do. Father, thank you for Vern and Mary. Thank you for the gift that you've put here to inspire us, to challenge us, to encourage us to be all that you've created us to be. Father, we give you the glory. Pray for safety over this next week, the weeks to come. Lord, we especially pray for the children's camp coming up next weekend. Thank you, Lord, you go before them and with them and behind them and that everything they put their hands to prospers and they're blessed and no weapon formed against them shall prosper. And that they will have a powerful time with you at their camp this summer. Thank you for it, Father. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen.